Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome to the 48th episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down this weekend's sports entertainment. However, with COVID-19 coronavirus, there aren't any sports being played. We cannot even go out and play sports if we wanted to ourselves. However, leave it to myself and Andres to still bring you top quality sports talk and sports entertainment. Andres, it's great to see your face. Patrick, it's a pleasure to see your face. I know we're doing this long distance via the Instagram television aspect. Last week we did Zoom. We're trying to figure out which app is best for us, but it doesn't matter. We're bringing this beautiful show to you guys. We appreciate you. We love you. We miss you. I miss being in the living room, but we're on our own living rooms, drinking, smoking, loving life, trying to understand the COVID as, as we go along with it. I, we don't even know what day it is anymore. We lost track of days. We're a day... Uh, day late on the show, but it's okay. We've got a beautiful show. For those who forget who I am, I am your penny-pinching, money-saving machine, <laughs> Andres Ramirez. Look, we love sports. We're going to tell you some stories. We're going to play some games from the seventh grade that Pat's wanting to bring back. <laughs> Pat, tell the people what we have for them in store tonight. NFL draft recap, um, just a couple quick things that we feel about the NFL draft that happened last weekend, some betting that you can actually do this weekend, and Andres has a scumbag of the night, and of course, um, like he mentioned, a um, truth or dare with sports information. So we're going to get into all that after a quick message from our sponsor. Last weekend, the NFL draft happened virtually, and I must say, um, I enjoyed it. I know people were kind of a little disappointed that it wasn't, you know, in person. It wasn't live, but uh, like I said, I enjoyed seeing the, you know, people in their living rooms with their families, with their close friends. I'm getting drafted, hugging each other, and just kind of seeing, you know, how everybody was celebrating. Some people were dressed up, some people were not, some people were you know, drinking, some were just, you know, really pensive. Andres, did you catch all the draft or what did you do? I didn't catch all the draft. I did watch the first uh, first round of the draft, or the first day of the draft, the first round, realistically. Uh, I wanted to see how the top 25 picks were going to dress. I wanted to see what the families were going to do in the background. I wanted to see what Roger Goodell was going to do. Uh, he did okay. It was, he kind of sold some shit, like, in the sense of, like, foretelling certain teams. Oh, you're going to be excited about this draft pick. Oh, X player has helped. You know, he said, oh, Tua is going to get help for the Dolphins. And they, you know, uh, picked up a, a lineman offensively. So that was interesting. It was funny to see certain teams not having the amount of fans to cover the screen. On the background, like the LA Chargers. What happened? Like, okay, so the char- so the Chargers were your biggest joke of the night because there was only twelve screens to fill. Right, there's only twelve screens to fill, and they had maybe eight or nine filled with with uh, fans, and then the rest they had to just throw up the logo of the LA Chargers to make it seem blank, which is kind of interesting and funny. Uh, my favorite part of the night were certain players who had girlfriends uh, in the family home and. They weren't allowing the mom to be on stage, and the mom was like kicking 
the girlfriends out of the screen time. That was funny. And, you know, or uh, certain players whose girlfriends were grabbing their phones and looking at their text messages, messages and the player grabs their phone back. He's like, no, nah, you can't be doing that stuff. Yeah. Dee Dee, <laughs> like, yeah. Really when DD lamb got drafted by the Cowboys, his girlfriend tried to grab his phone or whatever. And he snatched it back yeah. from her right away. I mean, I yeah. thought that was funny. I, what was your biggest, um, I'm just going to interview you quickly on a little bit of yeah. things. What was your biggest shock of the draft? There's always one thing that stands out. What is that to you? Uh, you know, honestly, truthfully, and it's, and it's a bet that I had, I had made a, I placed a bet that CD lamb, who was a top notch receiver was going to be drafted after the 13th pick, mm-hmm. in which he did. He went to the, to the Cowboys at what pick that? Uh, he was drafted by the Cowboys at number 17. So four picks over the 13th pick, which I was happy and excited because I won my bet. But it was really surprising to see him drop further than expected. But it's a great pick for the Cowboys. Um, another crazy and weird pick was to see the Chicago Bears draft another tight end in, in uh, Komet, which is an, uh, sorry, who's a player from Notre Dame who's you know mm-hmm. who's producing tight ends out of every which way possible out of Notre Dame uh, but it was interesting that Chicago picked another tight end yeah I, I mean I don't know it was interesting to see the whole draft I wanted I wish it was in Vegas like it was originally intended to be because I wanted people fly you know driving in in their speedboat on Bellagio Lake I think <laughs> that would have been cool I was uh, but, yeah I, I, I was hot um, in in my betting on the on the NFL draft, the first round. Yeah, I know you and I were, te- were texting back and forth on it, and you had three bets that you wouldn't share. I love how much of a degenerate gambler, superstitious person you are that you won't release any information until after the bet occurred. Yeah, so you were trying to get the the information out of me, and I said no. Whenever I tell you my bets, I lose. So as the bets hit, I then revealed to you. I took Justin Herbert at plus five and a half. So he had to get drafted sixth or higher for me to win my bet. And he did by the chargers. And then I took Arizona Cardinals to draft defensive position before offensive. And they did. Um, They, they drafted CJ or I'm sorry. They drafted Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson first. And then I took the over and under was set at five and a half for the amount of Big Ten players taken in the first round. And I took the under. And they drafted nice. five. Five were drafted. And you know why I took the under? Why is that? Because my gut told me to take the over. Wow. So I went against my gut, and I won that bet. Pretty solid, Pat. I mean, the only reason why I was asking you, not because you were going to lose. I wanted to jump on it because you were on fire. And I'm like, ooh, I want to make the same amount. Yeah, we're in this together. Let's you know burn the boats and make more money together. We've done it in Vegas, and I wanted to join you in this ride virtually. I know, but they wouldn't have hit if I told you. <laughs> no, so um, that that was fun. I mean, I I was I was very happy to see um the Packers draft Jordan Love when Aaron Rodgers has uh what two years left on his contract. Yeah, it's funny to see them going with a quarterback. Uh, right away in the first round, it's clearly burning a bridge. 
between that, him and the Packers organization with Rodgers, I don't see him finish, finishing his career. This isn't the first time they drafted a quarterback after him or traded for one later. They drafted Hundley from UCLA. They got uh, Kaiser from the Browns to the Packers. So I think there's already bad blood going on in that organization, and I think he's, he'll be gone. So great move for Love. or It's a great uh, pick by the organization to pick up Love, and Love must be ecstatic to feel like I might be the face of this great, wonderful, historic Green Bay Packers franchise. So everybody was saying that Aaron Rodgers was upset because he needs help in other places and you know why take a quarterback when he needs you know better whatever else you know any other position he 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 would have been happy but what if he gets injured and then the Packers have no chance of making the playoffs at least Jordan Love keeps you afloat yes or no no absolutely and there's no true backup um in Green Bay I mean look I I wanted Deshaun Kaiser from Notre Dame to get that chance and opportunity. And it doesn't seem like he's going to get the chance. But you need a quarterback to run the helm, just like anything else. If you don't have pitching in baseball, if you don't have a quarterback in in the NFL, you're not going to really go anywhere. Yes, defense wins championships, but you need somebody that's going to march you down, you know, the field with less than two minutes and win you a game-time decision situation. So in that aspect, it's a great job and I you know we'll see what happens who knows there's going to be a season to begin with yeah. at this moment well as, as a Cowboys fan I was very interested to see the Eagles draft Jalen Hurts knowing that they have a young Carson Wentz Carson Wentz is injury prone however if Carson Wentz stays healthy do you think Jalen Hurts gets any kind of playing time I expect him to get more playing time due to Carson Wentz being injury prone. He didn't even play in the Super Bowl, right? We got Big Dick Nick, as we're all told, <laughs> behind closed doors, leading the charge and winning the Super Bowl, and then they get rid of him. Look, Carson Wentz already has a bad knee. Not to say that Hurts doesn't have a you know injuries to himself, but he's as mobile, if not more, uh, you know, quicker and faster than Carson Wentz. He knows what it's like to win championships in college, not to say that Wentz doesn't either because he won some with North Dakota, who people forget. But when you're, it's a whole different style being prepped from the beginning you stepped onto the field in Alabama with Nick Saban. And again, Alabama just producing, you know, NFL players like, like it's a factory, right? There's no, everything's smooth. They, they had maybe like 13 players in the draft in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. They know what it's like to play big games and situations. So, no, I think it's a great pick. And and I know I saw a lot of videos of Eagles fans like, oh, why did you pick a quarterback? We already have Carson Wentz, this and that. And it's like, dude, when's the last time you really played a full season? Never. I don't think he ever has. So, it's not a bad pick. And I think, it, you, need you know, a- other than Tua... Other than two in the draft, I think having Hearns helps you. Yeah, no, and it creates that competition in practice too. It makes sure that um, Carson Wentz is on his game and makes sure that he's not getting outplayed by Jalen Hurts. Now, there's something that I wanted to ask you. I know you think Philip Rivers is a joke, right? 
Look, I don't think that he's a joke. As of late. He chokes in big situations. Right, but I, I've always think he's, he chokes in big situations, and he doesn't know how to, you know, give certain uh, power, or he, he's just so, he, he blames himself too much rather than distributing the workload to others and believing in his guys. He chokes in big games because he's trying to do so much, like LeBron. Um, so he... But... They got him some weapons, though. They drafted Michael Pittman out of USC and Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. That is a good future for your offense. Look, and and he's indoors, so there's no weather factor. And you've got people who are sticking with that Big Ten with with Taylor in the backfield, who's from Wisconsin. He stays close to home Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. I mean, it's a great – look, they gave him the weapons as needed. My biggest, my biggest thing that I saw and I'm worried and concerned, but I don't know how it benefits, or sorry, I don't know how it's going to affect them down the line, is your team specifically, Patrick, your favorite NFL team, the Dallas Cowboys. Talk about weapons being given to that organization. There is no reason why they can't win the East and make a deep run in the playoffs with what they got. Well, they lost four starters. Um, they lost defensive end Robert Quinn, who was a leader in sacks. They lost Byron Jones. They lost Jeff Heath, their safety that would come in. Basically, Heath was have, was like an extra linebacker. He can hit hard, so he made the opposing teams think twice about going over the middle. And then they lost defensive tackle Malik Collins. So they lost a lot of defensive players. Um, So once again, the Cowboys are going to be on the front end of things, putting up a lot of points, but it looks like they're going to give up even more points on the other end. So I'm still looking at maybe 10 wins. If they have a great season, they might win 10 games. Um, I I know that they got the kid from Alabama, um, but you know, he's a safety. uh, He's a rookie. So that, you know how that goes. It could be hit or miss. Their offense is going to be scary, though. I mean, they're going to have three really good wide receivers. Uh, and these this receiver, D.D. Lamb, he knows how to play under the big stage because when you go to Oklahoma, every single game is a big game. So I'm excited for the Cowboys, obviously. I just think that on the back end, they're going to be giving up a lot of points. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I just think you have all the offensive weapons to, to be very dominant and be the highest-scoring team in the NFL. Defense is on the, you know, a different story, but I think you guys should be fine. And the East is pretty weak in the sense of what everybody did, and you guys like to beat each other up. So it'll be interesting to see. Again, my biggest thing about it all is who the fuck knows if this season is going to even start or begin anytime soon or if there's one at all. How how do you feel about the 49ers? Cuz that's I mean, look, they they made some trades. They during the draft, they got rid of certain key players. We lost Brita to to move back in the in the pick. Uh we did pick up a defensive outside um end with Kinlaw, which was a nice pickup considering we lost um some key players. I don't know. You know, it's, it's all hearsay. I think we did a great job. I don't understand picking up tight ends and more tight ends, but we'll see what happens. I think I think offensively we picked up some weapons from the, the kid from uh, Arizona State, uh, the wide receiver. It'll be interesting to see. 
I want to know. Uh, we made some trades for Trent Williams too because uh, Staley retired. That was the that was that was probably even though it wasn't a drafted player. I think that was the biggest move of that day. Was it Friday? We had to. Or Saturday. Yeah, it was from uh, Saturday. Friday. For, oh, yeah, Saturday. Saturday. We had a we. You know, there was talks that Staley was going to retire due to him wanting to win, and it didn't seem like they were making the the right weapons for him to succeed and win the Super Bowl. And at the same time, he had a lot of injuries, and he had some major injuries to where we knew he, his body wasn't going to take it anymore. So to pick up a big player like Trent Williams to recover from that loss of Staley, mm-hmm. huge pickup. And there wasn't a need for a, a rookie coming up. Maybe next year's draft to learn and be an understudy of Williams. I, again, I, it's all hearsay and it's all hypothetical because I don't know if there's going to be a fucking season. So who knows? I mean, at this point, I might as well just play flight football between everybody else and see who wins well, within the... Culver City area. Well, we got uh, 15 minutes left um, on this first segment. And um, what what did you want to play? You, you said that you wanted to play Truth or Dare sports style. So explain. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. See, we, we, we give the listeners a little insight of our experiences, either as spectators, coaches, uh, players, in the realm of sports, but whatever that. All right, just so a little insight of who we are. Let's so start. Truth let, or dare is let's start with. I ask you truth or do truth or dare, and if you say truth, you got to give us an example of something that, that you can't, not a lie. All right, of being a spectator, a coach, a player on your favorite uh, moment in sport. So let's start. Um, you've coached before, right? I have coached before. All right, so let's start with the coaching um, coaching topic. So mm-hmm. you go. You ask me first as a coach. As a coach, uh, truth or dare? I would say truth. Truth, okay. Uh, give what? Okay, uh, you coach what? Baseball, basketball, right? Basketball. And only basketball. That's it. Okay. What coaching style were you? Did you develop, or who, who influenced you? To coach the way that you were coaching, was it Phil Jackson? Was there was there a specific coach? No, this is um, in, this in is game scheme. This is truth. Um, and the truth is, it was my high school basketball coach, Coach V, is what we called him. Um, his name was uh, his name is uh, Henry Viveros, so we called him Coach V. And Coach V, um, I don't know where he got his style from, but he always knew that we had X amount of minutes within a practice, so he always had a little index card. And he had the minutes broken down all the way down to the one minute, two one minute water breaks, um, free throws for three minutes, this defensive drill for six minutes, so on and so forth. So the full 60 minutes was accounted for. And I coached little kids. I coached 13 and um, I coached 13 and 14 year olds. So they were not so much little. They were, you know, I spoke to them like they were 16 year olds because, you know, when you're a teenager or a 13, 14 year old, your mind is already advanced by a couple years past than what you really are. So I was able to explain to them how as a 13 and 14 year old, these kids don't really know how to dribble too much. So we pressed on them. We did a lot of uh, practice for defense because 
what 13 you know is a good ball handler, you know? So we always pressed the issue and we always made sure to uh, turn the ball over against them. And, you know, we practiced defense and a lot of layups because if you stole the ball from a little kid, you're going to get a lot of fast break layups. So um, my style was from my high school coach. He hated when we missed free throws. So we did a lot of free throws. We did a lot of defense and a lot of running. So these kids hated practice. And I told their parents um, that the kids are not going to like practice because it's no, we didn't do any offense. We, we did not play offense. We just, they just knew how to make a layup. And the golden rule was if you miss a wide open layup, you're coming out of the game. I don't care who you are. So you should have seen these kids. These kids would steal the ball at half court. And you know how the, the games are, right? Everybody would be cheering. Go, ah, and they'd be cheering for their kid. And their kid would be all excited. And he'd be dribbling really fast down the court. And then when he saw the hoop coming, they'd get really slow and make sure that they made the layup. And um, it was hilarious because they, they knew that I would take him out of the game. And then sure enough, one time my best player, um, he blew a layup wide open because he got scared. So I pulled him out of the game. I didn't, I didn't set him. I, I set him down for like two minutes because I didn't want, you know, but I still, he was my best player, but I still took his ass out for two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You still sent the message. You're like, yo man, I don't care who you are. Yeah. So if there's any coaches out there listening uh, for youth basketball, we went undefeated and um, defense and layups. That'll win you any youth basketball game. So, what did you coach? Soccer, right? Uh, no, I coached uh, baseball. Okay, so truth or dare for you? Uh, dare. Dare. I dare you to tell us your <clears throat> most like prolific moment of getting into it with either an umpire or a parent. Or even as like when you're watching your little brother. Oh well, yeah, that's all. Yeah, okay, sure, that's happened multiple times. But uh, as a coach, no, I have one specifically as a player myself. Okay, well, let's hear about that. Uh, we just want juicy stuff. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I was uh, I was ten years old. I was actually thinking about this today. Because uh, I, was, I was thinking about stories to tell, and this happened to be one of them. I was 10 years old. I was playing in at Yosemite, Yosemite Park uh, in Eagle Rock, and uh, it was, uh, you know, just a, a, a league. And where I was 10, I was playing uh, first base at the, at the time, and um, we're losing. I don't know. I think we're down by, like, two or three. And uh, we're playing against the White Sox, and we're the, the Mariners. So... Uh, we had a player from the previous year who was on our team who who transferred over, and uh, he his name was Matt Merrill, great great kid, like you know, good ball player the whole nine yards. But his dad was always just a loud mouth and just in your face and didn't give a fuck. And and I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And we're down two or three, and uh, all of a sudden something happened and one of the, one of our players got hit or pegged and I'm like, all right, what the fuck? Like, all right. And I told her, I saw a picture. Hey, hit, hit, hit one of theirs. <laughs> hit him, hit him, just hit him right square, square in the, you know, right in the ribs. And it happened to be Matt Merrill who came up, who was one previously. And he hits him dead on, man, just fucking square pegged. And it says like, Hey man, like they did that purposely, blah, blah, blah. 
and we're like, nah, man, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, whatever. So sure enough, uh, next, next inning, I go up the bat, I, I get on second base and, and, and I score and we're down one. And I'm like, I'm in, uh, like, now I'm pumped, right? We're, just, we're in the, like the fifth, fifth inning, whatever. And now I'm pumped. And, and then like my dad hold, had to hold me back. And he's like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And then, and then the, there was bad umpiring, and my coach got thrown out. My dad was the assistant coach, and then he took over the helm, and then he got thrown out. And then both of our coaches are like celeb- or watching the game outside of the, you know, out of, outside of the, the actual field. Yeah, because they got thrown in, but they're watching the game. <laughs> and like we had this, we had this third coach, and it was like super tall, and uh, some of the team wasn't really good, but. Uh, uh, the head coach's son, who was actually uh, like a real ball player, he's like, "Hey, man, I, I got, I'm gonna take over the team. <laughs> like, I'm gonna take really? over this game." Yeah, and uh, and and we start scoring, and, and, and then I just remember I end up scoring the game-winning run. Of course. And I, my dad and, and my coach are on top of the fence, the chain link fence, and like just like fucking grabbing it like monkeys and shit. Just like, yeah, yeah. Like they're all screaming. And I literally get up in front of this coach's face, like just fucking as a 10 year old, like not giving it. Just like, yeah, like, yeah, like the shit, you know, like everybody's jumping me. And I'm like, yeah, I told you we're going to win. And like my dad, like, comes over. He's like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, you're going to get killed. Yeah. I was like, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. But yeah, that was the only time where I guess like an, another coach where I was in somebody's face and like just cursing him out like as a ten year old and you know mm. that was that was pretty much it. I I, I, I did, don't. I did get I did get a yellow I did get a yellow card. That was the, the the weirdest thing and funniest thing. I did get a yellow card in volleyball though. For what? That was the only time I got like in front of in front of an umpire's face because he was making bad calls, and I didn't even think I didn't have no idea that like um like yellow cards even existed in, in is, volleyball i had no idea what level is that ejected or uh, it's like a warning it's like in, in soccer right they give you a warning okay the red card is yeah. okay yeah. so there's cards in volleyball too yeah i, I had no idea was that was <laughs> that a regular season game yeah it was a it was a, it was a, a league game it was against crespi and it was a league game and i was a, a sophomore in high school I remember one time my my basketball coach, not Coach V, this other coach, um, he got ejected, and we were winning by like twelve or fourteen points, and there was a couple minutes left, and um, we needed a coach, so my dad came over and coached from the stands, and um, my dad he doesn't really know basketball. He coached me baseball when I was a kid, but so he says, um, "Hey, so." There's uh, four minutes left, right? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, and you guys are up, you know, pretty good, right? And we're like, yeah. And he says, well, I guess, uh, I guess just, you know, run out the clock and stall. I mean, I don't know what to say. (laughs) So what happened was we were running out the clock, but then the team caught up, right? So then the game was tied with like, 10 seconds left and we get the ball and I call a timeout and the ball advances to half court. So then my mom is in the crowd and she's yelling at my dad and our, the best play that we had was called Michigan. It was the easiest play to get wide open when the other team was playing a zone defense. And my mom knew that my mom knew the difference between zone and man to man. And she saw that they were playing zone. 
come to think of it, my mom would have been a good coach. So my mom was yelling <laughs> and she's like, Pat, tell him to run Michigan. Tell him to run Michigan. So we're getting all like, we don't know what to do. And then Lance says, just get me open and I'll take the last shot. If I miss, we go to over. If, if I miss, we go to overtime, you know? And this was a, this was a winner, winner basketball tournament. You know, it was like the finals. It was the last game. This was our freshman year of high school. So we set a, I set a, um, I set a screen for Lance. He comes around and this is all off the Michigan play. And they pass them. Mike passes him the ball on the inbound. Cause we had Mike inbounded cause Mike was the tallest. So Mike inbounds the ball to Lance. Lance catches the ball and he's a few feet behind three point land. It, it was a, it was a far shot. He takes a couple dribbles, squares up to the hoop and just lets it fly. And it goes in and we win the game and we're all jumping up and down. We're going crazy. And in the one game my dad coached, he coached us to a tournament championship. <laughs> Yeah, so we have like three minutes left, um, and I want to ask you, as a sports spectator, um, what was? I mean, you you told us last week about the Joe Montana thing, but in in a couple minutes, what was another thing like maybe baseball related that was your funniest? Look, man, uh, many, again, been fortunate and blessed to to see a lot of games in in person and and live, and the greatest one happened to be the World Series game. Which with one? Uh, 18 innings. Oh. The Dodgers. Dodgers. Uh, uh, Red Sox. Yeah. And I happened to be at the game behind home plate. My brother, my dad. my Both of my brothers, my dad. And it happened to be the night before my birthday, mm-hmm. which was the 26th of October. I'm on the 27th. And we're there. I miss work. We're fucking hammered. We're enjoying ourselves. I've never been to a World Series game. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. And we go to extras. I'm like, well, not going anywhere now. And, uh, you know, they scored first in the fucking 12th, and we scored to tie, tie it up. And I'm like, holy shit, another fucking extra innings. Okay, cool. This thing goes to the ninth, to the 18th inning, and I'm in the, you know, we go to the bathroom, nothing's open, right? Nothing is open for food or concessions. They're not selling anything, water, and I'm just dry mouth. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, I go to the bathroom, I'm drinking fucking uh, faucet water. Like, I didn't care. And finally, dude, at the stroke of like midnight, right after the 18th inning, Muncie hits a fucking bomb, dude. Yeah, Oppo. Bomb, and I was sitting behind my own plate, and we, as soon as it, it off the bat, we knew it was gone. Like we just knew, and that shit, dude. And it hit midnight. It was it was my birthday. It was the most incredible game ever. <laughs> the best World Series game ever. I saw two games for the price of one because it was the 18th inning. So nine inning games. I mean, I couldn't write a better story, man. It was fucking awesome. Best game I've ever been to. And I'll never go to a World Series game again. And, and you never um, – and you didn't know that they, they weren't going to win any other games. So it was good. No, it was, a, it, it was a first home game, and they had just lost two in Boston. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we needed a win. And that was the only game they won the whole series. So I, I, I don't ever want to go to a World Series game ever again. Don't. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that is a good story because you got two for the price of one. Of course, you bargained. <laughs> And on my birthday. And, and on, on your birthday. birthday with your brothers, with your dad. With my brothers and yeah. All right. Well, we have um, a couple more things to discuss, but we'll uh, take a quick break and uh, we'll see you guys in just a few seconds.
like true sports junkies, true sports fanatics we are, we wanted to share with you guys how we've been, um, I guess, coping with no live sports. As mentioned in the introduction, we have been paying close attention to horse racing. Horse racing has been going on. You can catch it every Saturday, every Sunday on uh, Fox Sports 1, or if you have a lot of streaming capabilities, you can find a good stream and uh, stream it. So, Andres, which um, which horse track have you been watching? Uh, the ones I've been watching has been Oak Park, uh, Gulfstream, Tampa Bay Downs. Um, that's pretty much it. Oak Park for sure. I know you and I have been texting back and forth with our buddy Brian with regards to horse racing. It is entertaining. We've been texting uh, information on, on certain races, and we've won one, one, won some, one, you know, lost some. And at the same time, we've been very superstitious in not revealing our picks. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about odds. And like, oh, I picked this horse that's X amount of wins and no losses, but we won't give the name or the number of the horse. Yeah. So that's been fun. We're trying to figure out the issues. So Oaklawn is based out of Arkansas. And um, they come on at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays on Fox Sports 1. And um, I texted my sister, Erica, because she, you know, she likes horse races. And I said, hey, if you and Adam are looking for horse racing, check out this channel. So she put it on and she said, yeah, the, you know, just hearing the horse announcer, hearing all that is very soothing. Um, I, you know, I like it. It makes you feel like, you know, there's something going on that we're not in quarantine and I, like I said, I want some money on the NFL draft. So what I did was I cashed out my initial buy-in and then I bet on some horses with my winnings and I won a couple races and I didn't cash out. And basically I didn't win any money, but it lasted me the entire weekend. So if you're looking for entertainment, if you're looking for, you don't even have to bet, but if you're just looking for something fun to watch, check out the horse races going on. Um, Andres, are you going to be tuning in this weekend? I will. I mean, look, I've always loved horse racing. I've grown up with it. Uh, I've been to the track myself, specifically Santa Anita. I think it is, has the most beautiful backdrop in all of LA County, of all of California. Um, even though people may not understand horse racing, I still think it is a. It's on a to do list mm -hmm. to visit experience it's completely gorgeous man it's, it's one of my favorite spots in all valley county uh but aside from that look horse racing is horse racing right it's been going on for generations and eons and and you know countless of generations like it's i don't know there's something about it and for those who are unaware it is also the fastest two minutes in all of sports other than sex for the guys but you know <laughs> It's, it's it's fun and it's enjoyable and some underdogs come in and you want to root for the underdogs you love seeing you know even horses who aren't uh, the greatest and the grandest beat the, the the bullies or the thoroughbreds and you have the history of great trainers and I don't know there's just there's this beautiful thing with just watching a horse who's just this animal run. Yeah like gallop and and just uh, you know one who's from behind and just had this burst of speed and and here i am just yelling at the tv whip him whip him yeah. don't fucking stop i'll send your ass to the blue factory if you lose even though i have nothing to do with it move but, your yeah, horse martinez <laughs> dude so you know, it's funny that you, you say that about santa it's funny that you say that about santa anita and um 
obviously they've been in the press lately for, you know, horses passing away, but I mean, that's going to be, that's going to happen here and there. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was one time my dad, I went with my dad, well, my whole family, we went to the horse track. I think it was for Erica's birthday. And, um, my dad says, you like, do you like it here? Like, you know, you, you like it. And I was like, I actually like Santa Anita more i like going to the horse to santa anita more than going to a dodger game to be completely honest for a few reasons because i'm a big fan of just getting getting shit started right away during the day if you're going to be drinking and you're going to be having fun on a saturday the dodger games on saturday start at six horse races get in at 11 30 a.m you know you're already in there um it's it's a beautiful day um, the mountains are gorgeous. It's, it's for me, it's, it's a paradise. It's like an oasis, but it's within LA. So it's, it's completely mind blowing. And then to top it off, my mom grew up going there with my grandpa. So my mom loves it. it it's one of those things. And, um, there, there's that hospital that's close by, right? It's Huntington hospital or not, yeah. or Hunting, one of those hospitals. And my grandma ended up in one of those hospitals, but from her, uh. Well, I mean, she made it out, so I can tell you the story. Um, From her hospital bed, you can see the horse track. That's how close she was. And I told my mom, I said, you know, she's going to be okay because you can see the horse track from her from her hospital bed. That's that's a good sign. Like that's got to be a good sign. So I love I love horse racing. Um, A lot of people that are will say that it's cruelty to animals and this and that. But it is I think it's one of America's pastimes. It is. It's just as much as, like, baseball is. And, you know, it's funny. The majority of times when I do go to the horse track, I always feel like I have to get dressed up. You do? Like, I just do. I do. Like, I wear, I put on a suit, I wear a hat, you know, I, I, I wave my little hat, show the people what I'm worth for the minute, and then that's it. You know, and, and it's fun. I get to smoke a cigar or weed or cigarettes and feel like, oh, it's the only one of the few places I can still do this in common time and drink openly and, and carry a flask and no one's looking down on you. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, my God. It's something like scummy, but like elegant at the same time. It's, a, it's Americana thing. The the best thing about the, so the circuit runs, it opens up in um, March out here, right? Or February, like middle of February, yeah. it opens up. So... I've been to the horse races while March Madness was going on. And Ooh, you know how crazy. you know how they have the, the little TV in your booth? Yeah. Well, you're horse racing and then you're watching the basketball games in your booth. It was paradise for me. And I love going to Vegas and doing the off-track betting over there at um, O'Shea's. There's you know mm. the link right next door. So you do the off-track betting, and then you're playing craps. It's it. I I'm gonna take Diana to the horse track. She was getting mad because I was watching the horse races, and she said, "You've never taken me to the horse race." And I was like, "Well, I was gonna take you to the tracks this year, but you know, coronavirus. I was gonna take you last year, but they shut it down because horses were passing away. So next time around, we're gonna go, and of course, I'll let you know." So um. There's a there's one more topic we wanted to talk about, but before we get into that, what did you have anything else to say about the horse racing? No, I mean it was fun this weekend. Um, I had really nothing left in my account for sports betting, and I threw my last two dollars on this twenty to one horse, and he came in and he <laughs> and he won the race. So I was happy for that. It was fun. It's always nice to see a big underdog like that. Um, I don't know. I, I love horse racing. I think it's great and. 
I think people, you know, who, who don't know because they hear stories, they need the experience themselves to understand and appreciate it. If, if it's one of those things to be appreciated. What was that horse's name? The one that won? Oh, I, I sent you the text. I'm trying to remember. What was it? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. Um, damn, I really don't remember. You remember because you won. Uh, you don't remember because you I'm won. Give it, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Oh, Kiwana, the number two horse. Kiyo, oh, Kiyo yes. Wana. Yes, that was. Wanna, I, I, that I was do. I was gonna take that horse, but I took a different one and lost. Um, and then I spent my last money on one of the horses, Bellafina. Was oh right, Bellafina. Yeah, he didn't even show. She didn't even show that piece of junk. So I saw her name in the um, sports in in the program, and I was like, "Oh, this horse is solid. I'm gonna. I got like five bucks left. I'm gonna put it on Bellafina." So as second, I placed that bet. Um, the broadcasters or the experts say Bellafina does really well in longer races because she pulls away at the end and that's when she picks, that's when her giddy up starts. This race is a little bit shorter than all the races she's won. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> cause I just went straight. Yeah. Well, you see her name. You see her name on the program and you're like, oh, she's going to win. Like this, this is, you know, this is a horse for sure. And, um, yeah, but the horse, the one, the one race that I won was, uh, Bob Baffert's horse, of course, you know, that was two weeks ago that I won on Baffert's horse. But, um, the last topic on dress, we haven't had a scumbag of the night in quite some time because the scumbag of the no. night takes away your sports happiness. The scumbag of the night ruins a bet for you. Anything like that. And there hasn't been much action, but Andres, leave it to Andres to find a scumbag of the night. Andres, who is your scumbag of the night? Look, I've been I've been thinking about this the last two weeks. We haven't had one in two weeks. It's really been disappointing because, Pat, as you know, I hate everybody equally. There's always somebody ruining my happiness, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try. Somebody's always pissing on my parade. This time around, it happens to be the wonderful historical Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA. Why? I recently heard why. Recently in the news the other day with this whole COVID-19 pandemic things and small businesses being out of uh, commission and big businesses staying in commission. I think it's a, it's a travesty and a crime. But the Los Angeles Lakers applied for a small business loan which they're an organization, uh, and they received it for, I think, what, $5 million, Pat? Is that what it was? I think so. And uh, and even though they they requested the loan, or they requested this uh, payment so they can pay their employees, I'm sorry, first and foremost, if you have enough money as an owner to buy an organization and a team, you should sure as fuck be able to pay enough money for those who take care of the stadium as all of your employees underneath you. So shame on you. So let me read let me read Sir, um let me just read this real quick. Four point six million dollar yeah. loan and the Lakers are valued at four point four billion. Wow. 
So there are four point four billion that requested four point six million dollar loan. Proceed. See, something's not adding up. That's just a scumbag, right? You you know for a fact that there's small businesses, family owned businesses that's not even has nothing to do with professional sports who are struggling, who probably won't ever recover from this current situation, and you have a greedy machine money making family owned business that's owned by the bus buses family. Mm-hmm. With four point four billion, I I'm sorry. And then you're opening up the your facilities to practice, even though we don't even know if there's going to be an NBA season, and kids can't even go out and play in LA. Like it's just it just smells so so shitty. Scumbag. Like why? Just super scumbags. Fucking the worst. Look, I know that the LA Lakers paid it back. But there's no reason for them to be applying for it, let alone shame on the NBA too for even or the the federal government or whomever who's the the loan officers for that program to even say, hey, you know what, you're getting this. But the Lakers, I have absolutely disgraced the love of the game, a business, an organization, uh, humanity, just compassion. I it's just. I don't know, Pat. It just—it just feels wrong to the core. Oh, I mean, like, is it's, this what's going to happen? It's embarrassing as a Lakers fan. It's embarrassing um, as an NBA, as a sports fan. I—I I don't think. I mean, no knock against, you know, like I don't know, like professional soccer or WNBA, who they don't generate as much revenue as an NBA team, but they—they right. they shouldn't even apply for this. You know, like it's. It's it's sad. I mean, did they pay the whole thing back or what? They, they, apparently, they said they rejected it, but it was they they didn't reject it because they already received it in expenses and then they paid it back. But it's just, yeah. I mean, who thought said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's do this, guys. Like, this sounds like a great idea. Let's let's request a loan." from the federal government and and then pay it back. Like, I don't, I just, I don't get it. Like, who's <laughs> the bus family? Like, Jenny, what's her name? Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie Bus. Jeannie Bus and say like, hey, what the, f- like, what the fuck? Who's my accountant? Who's in charge of all this? Who did I hire? You're fired. And you know what? We're gonna, we're, it's, and you know what the funny thing is? They just paid it back and there's, there's something bad about that even more. So why couldn't you double it up and be like, you know what? We're sorry, our bad. We're gonna give ten million dollars to all the businesses in the downtown LA area that can't afford it. Here it is. This is our donation. Thank you for for being around here and supporting us. Like you know, what I mean? like it, it wasn't anything extra. Nah. Like that's that's even the more disappointing and disrespectful thing. And if I, I'm not a Lakers fan, but if I'm a Lakers fan, I wouldn't want to be one. All right, anymore. come on, like, go on. Yeah, all right. Sure, like, look, they gave millions of dollars, the next amount of dollars to to the LeBron James of the world with contracts that's that's outrageous. That before the nineteen nineties, no one could even afford to. You know, it was just like it was just a child's game, and you were lucky and blessed to play it, and then get some extra money on top of it. Like watching the Last Dance and seeing the the contract that uh, Scottie Pippen had previously for like seven years 15 million it's just a slap in the face and like you're overpaying these guys and not taking your own people i'm just it's just disgusting it made me sick to my stomach to hear that and uh, we haven't had one and i'm glad to know that i found one in the in the midst of this whole pandemic you know well there's always something worse than you so i i I don't feel as bad as 
as a Lakers organization. So, okay, I'm happy that we found a scumbag. I am not going to quit being a Lakers fan because this happened. <laughs> Um, but I am glad that you mentioned The Last Dance. So there's going to be two more episodes on ESPN coming out this Sunday. We can definitely yep. talk about that next week. Um, we sure. can try to we'll, – we'll get a guest on the phone um, next week. If you're listening, Bryant, we'll hit you up because I know you're a big Chicago Bulls fan. No, I'm, call, I'm calling out Brian. I'm calling out Brian. Not Brian. Brian. Okay. Well, we'll maybe we'll try to get – Maybe we'll I'm try to get. Um, I'm tired. No, he's been calling a lot of bullshit on our on the last two shows. He said he didn't like my picks. He he's like he he is worse than every TV drama person in the world right now. He's worse than Charles Barkley. He's trolling I, you. I'm calling him out. I want him out. I want him on the show. I want to hear his picks. I want to hear his discretions. I want to hear all of it. Okay, and that's what I want to hear. So I'm calling you out. This is the official first time ever call out. What? I'm calling you because if not, you'll be my scumbag of the night, Brian. Spick, Brian. He's been okay. he's been trolling you, and it's been hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad he's got plenty of fans. But if he doesn't come out, he will be my scumbag next week. I'm putting uh, this official. Well, um, I let it be known. And on that note, after my call out, thank you. I'm calling out all the the listeners, our fans, for being. And true fans and, and being here, I hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you're not drinking too much. I hope you found out a new skill in this <laughs> pandemic or whatever. Horse racing. I'm learning horse racing. I'm learning Norwegian from watching Ragnarok on Netflix. So, but I want to thank you, Pat. Thank you for continuing this and uh, doing this with us. I, I love you and I appreciate you. And I'm glad that we're doing another show next week. Any final words? Um, no, just uh, try to tune in to catch some horse racing, uh, watch The Last Dance, and uh, like I say, if you watch an old college football game that you don't remember how it ends, it's just like watching a brand new game. So enjoy the weekend, um, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you guys next week.